Welcome to the Woodwards Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever! Yeah! All right, camera! What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk! That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk towards it. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Welcome to All Shapes Considered, where I record a podcast in my bathroom and try not to wake everyone up. <laughs> this is kind of like the movie. This is kind of like Shape of Water. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, yeah, because I'm locking myself in my bathroom to be with my true love. Oh. <laughs> Your laptop? <laughs> but, uh, it's, look, it's either one of you or it's the podcast in general. <laughs> well, either or, it's a monster, so... <laughs> Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. We're back at it. My name's Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am every once in a while with my good friends. Mitch Haba. Colin Ward. Oh, Colin Ward. Me, Mitch, and Colin, we get together. We talk about a movie. And uh, we talk about some movies and TV news headlines. And at the end of the show, we'll give you our uh, video on demand and recommendations. Guys, this week we're gonna we're gonna try to catch up on some news, and uh, we'll focus on the the only film that I've seen since we last spoke, The Shape of Water. Mm. Mm. But, well, it's a good uh, one. It's a good one to see. I, I know you've been busy, so. Yes, I mean, and it's one I've wanted to see for a while. I like Guillermo del Toro very much, and. Uh, I like water, mm-hmm. so and sh- sh- shapes too. Shapes, shapes are shapes, geometry. Shapes are good. Ninth Ever grade, since I was good a little stuff. Kid, I liked shapes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but before we get into that, let's, uh, Colin, you want to you want to hit us with the the Oscar nominations? Yeah, that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, those happened while we were away. Uh, the big the big nominee is The Shape of Water. I think with thirteen nominations it had in total, cleaning up the technical categories for nominations but also being nominated for best picture best actress uh supporting actor for richard jenkins and supporting actress. and supporting actress for octavia spencer too and of course del toro getting the best director nomination joining him in the best director category we got christopher nolan for dunkirk jordan peele for get out greta gerwig for ladybird paul thomas anderson for phantom thread and Guillermo del Toro, of course, for Shape of Water. It's a, I, I made a joke about this uh, on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever it was. But I, that's a really good list of uh, nominees. And, it, and it, it reads like a joke. It's like you have a, a black man, a woman, a Mexican, and two white guys walk into a nomination. Uh, but I don't have I don't have the punchline. So, <laughs> uh, but it, I, it's awesome to see Jordan Peele and uh, Greta Gerwig get nominated. Is this Christopher Nolan's first nomination too? It mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So there you go. Finally, some some other people. Even though it's probably uh, Guillermo del Toro that's going to win it, I think. But who knows? Well, and, it, and it's also. Um... And this might be also with Best Picture, but it, it's it spans genres and types. 
mm-hmm. like very drastically. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Dunkirk for all intents and purposes could be a silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very action oriented and it's short. And then, you know, you've got shape of water, which is a monster movie, but also a love movie. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, horror movies never get nominated. And I would, I would, you know, I would put get out in that category mm-hmm. or, you know, I guess golden globes would say it's a comedy. And you know, Lady Bird, I guess, is a comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, it is. I, I just, yeah, which, just which, looking at that, I realized there, there are a lot of like very light, besides Dunkirk, obviously, but there are a lot of very, like, light movies on that list. No, like, super serious ones besides Dunkirk. But yeah. Did anyone see Phantom Thread? Yeah, we yep. both did. And what, what is that? Is that a convention? I mean, would you? Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the only conventionally nominated Oscar movie in this category of directing? Like in terms of genre and style and just I I guess um I mean it's Paul Thomas Anderson, so it's not really conventional, but it out of his movie is I think it is his most like conventional and like mass appealing of out, out of guess, his movies. I guess I mean like most it's like typically nominated type of movie. I, w- I guess that would probably be, yeah, because it's very beautiful and there are great performances and hushed talking, hushed talk, hushed, <laughs> hushed voices. Maybe. The way, you might, the, the way you might talk if you're in a bathroom at 6.42 in the morning on yeah. a Sunday. Exactly. I, I mean, I to me, that was the big surprise of Oscar nominations was Phantom Thread being nominated as much as it was. I didn't think it was going to get a Best Picture nomination. I didn't think it would get a Best Director nomination i'm i mean i thought daniel day lewis would get it and then i'm mm-hmm. thrilled that um i'm forgetting her Le- leslie manville got a supporting actress mm-hmm. out of that but it also got nominated for a few technical awards too mm-hmm. costumes definitely yeah that, <laughs> did it get cinematography too and I think it got costumes no, I and thought score. It was worthy of cinematography. It was a beautiful looking film. It was. But I'm, when we go over our top tens later in the episode, we'll probably go over that. At least for Colin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win uh, Best Director? I kind of already said it. I think Guillermo del Toro is going to take it. Yeah. Um, I think he will take it. If I was voting, I would vote Christopher Nolan just for the monumental achievement of that movie as far as I think logi- it would logistical too, but, but uh it, it would be I mean I've only seen two of these movies no I've seen three of them oh, I've seen three of these movies guys <laughs> um it's weird I, I would too Colin because I think that I mean and there's a logistical aspect to Dunkirk that is amazing and I don't know how much of that is attributed to Chris Nolan but just in general helming that sort of thing and being responsible for everything at the end of the day, I would, I would probably give it to him. Mm-hmm. I would not be upset. Um, moving into the, let's go actress category. We got Sally Hawkins for shape of water, Francis McDermott for three billboards outside Eben, Missouri, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird and Meryl Streep for the post. Well, I've seen two. Who could have taken Meryl Streep's place in this? 
<laughs> I'm just curious. Uh, the uh, no, this is a leading role. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't see enough movies. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I I can't. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of who could. But I think this one's probably a lock, just politics-wise. I mean, these are all good performances-ish. I mean, I think that I think three stand out above all of them, and then there's other two that are like, eh, okay. But I just think it's going to be Francis McDormand because all signs are pointing to that. It's just so weird that you say politics-wise, and in a way you're right, but I just it doesn't. You know, like the movie's not political in yeah. a way, or she's she's not a character in a way that I'm, I'm talking about internal. I know Hollywood I know plot politics. Yeah. But why do you think that? Why do you, do you think that people? This is long time deserved, and she's right. Like, it's a legacy award. She's won before. So there you go. Yeah. I don't know. I think. What did she win? Wait, what did she win for? Fargo. Fargo. She did. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Well. I mean that that is my favorite performance of hers, but um, <clears throat> I yeah I don't know I think that people just love Frances McDormand <laughs> in Hollywood, um, and it seems right. I don't know all the awards seem to be pointing that way. SAGs already happen or was yeah did yeah. she won she did but she also said something interesting in her speech too she uh, mentioned the and I'm paraphrasing she mentioned like. It's great, like, getting awards, but remember, like, I've been honored before. Like, don't forget the new people. Oh. Which was, I think, awesome of her to say. Did you guys see at the SAG Awards where she, she, I think it was SAG, where she goes, I want to talk about one thing, representation. And uh, you thought she was going to talk about, like, diversity in movies but she was literally talking about her agents <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, but i think she was trying to be funny yeah i didn't see that that's, that's good, though. one of the most amazing things i've ever seen that's good at, a, at an award show <laughs> um she does seem Colin, like a who, very funny lady Colin, you, you've seen all these who do you who do you want who do i want i who do you want colin I, it's between Man. two of them um I, I want Sally Hawkins because I really like her and I really like that performance. But I also really want uh, Saoirse Ronan as mm-hmm. well because she's been nominated three times now and she's so young and I think this is a good culmination of her body of work right now. She plays mm-hmm. a uh, American teenager very well. Yeah. With, the, with her thick Irish accent. Yeah, too. she hides <laughs> that perfectly. Um yeah, I'd like to, I'd love to see Saoirse Ronan win. Um, Sally Hawkins also has an amazing performance as a mute character, um, which is hard to believe. I mean, that's just classical acting. It's all in her face and her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Margot Robbie did a really good job, too. Yeah. So I'd love to see Sally Hawkins win. I think I'd be yeah. over the moon if I saw that her win that. Yeah, I thought she was unbelievable. I, I thought everyone in that movie was unbelievable. Yeah, but, the scene where uh, she's like a pe- you know pleading with um, yeah, uh, Richard Jenkins' character that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, she was really really amazing. Um, she fell in love with a fish, and you bought it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bought it hard. 
It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's good acting. Uh, over in the lead actor category, <laughs> we have uh, Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, Daniel Kalulia for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. I'm convinced Roman J. Israel Esquire just isn't a real thing, and it, and it will disappear <laughs> soon, because I, I have never heard anybody talk about that movie. Couldn't even tell you what it was about or what it looks like. I know it's about lawyers. About a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a, it's about an Italian Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Israel. Yes. Um. <laughs> so Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Well, I mean, he did a good job, but. It helps when you have so much makeup on you. You could really get into that type. But he's that. That's this is another like he's due. Yeah, and he's never won one. So I mean, and you know, here's a reward for having to sit in makeup for so long. Yeah, for what was otherwise a pretty boring movie for a very intense subject. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, he's all right in it. I mean, I've definitely seen him do much better work. But again, it's a very showy performance. Mm. So, um, and he's never won. So I think he'll get it. I wouldn't be voting for him, though. And who would you be voting for? I would be for Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I, I thought, thought he was a great very performance. good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I thought everyone was everyone. I thought I saw two of these movies, but but I don't also know. Like I can't think of another movie I saw where there was a lead actor performance where I was like, "God damn!" Yeah, yeah, there isn't. I, I mean, I'm a little shocked by the Daniel Kaluuya nomination. I mean, I'm definitely shocked. I think it's deserved. I mean, uh, I'm just I'm very shocked. I don't know. Do we think it's the Franco backlash? Mm, no, I don't think so. No, I don't know. Franco was nominated for and won the Golden Globe against him and was nominated for the SAG and Daniel wasn't. And then all this allegations came out and no nomination. Mm. Mm. Um... Maybe I don't know. I, 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 that's a tough one. I, if that's what you think, then sure. <laughs> Let's just go with what you think. I think that definitely played a factor in it. I bet, but mm, but I also I really didn't like that performance either. So I don't really care. <laughs> I liked it. Hey, maybe I'm the only one who liked that performance. But I, I, I think it's going to be Gary Oldman's for sure. Yeah. I, 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 this is probably the least interesting category this year. <laughs> yeah. Of the of the big ones, I think yeah. they shouldn't even give an award to men. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh, men, I can't stand them. <laughs> Let's see. Before we go over uh, best picture, I just want to point out a few surprising things or cool things uh, throughout. Uh, Kobe Bryant's nominated for an, an Oscar. Yep, uh, for an animated short. 
Uh, Logan received a adapted screenplay That's nomination, good. which I believe means it is the first superhero yep. movie to be nominated for oh. a major award at the Oscars. Oh. Well, for what? For writing. Yeah, for uh, a screenplay writing. Yeah, well, that's a major award. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's been uh, supporting actors and. In the superhero movies? Oh, well, Heath Ledger, I guess. Yeah. Heath Ledger. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, Rachel Morrison for uh, is nominated for cinematography. Uh, is the first woman cinematographer, I believe, right. ever. For yeah, Mudbound? It's, that is so fucking crazy. That's really cool. I, I, you know, that's awesome. I wasn't, you know, and, and I don't want to, like, diminish it or anything, but... And I think it, it was very good cinematography, but I wasn't like blown away by it in Mudbound. Have you seen Mudbound, Kale? I have not. I mean, yeah. It was, uh, I, but K- Colin, you brought up a point that it, it was shot differently than how it's usually shot. Uh, Southern post-war shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. normally, I mean, when you think foreign movies in the South in that time it's period, you're going to get colorful beautiful lighting and this was like super harsh yeah very realistic everything felt very cold yeah yeah Mm, let's see anything else i know there was another surprising one but i'm kind of forgetting it right now oh well best picture (laughs) best picture we have for our best picture. what about the supporting actors and stuff uh it was boss baby one of your surprises um yeah (laughs) i'm still surprised oscar nominated a a movie in general yeah uh, do we want to do supportings real quickly? Yeah, of course. Okay. We got William Defoe for Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins for Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we know it's going to be Sam Rockwell just because of how things are going. Oh, yeah. Super, super fun. Um, but. I really liked Richard Jenkins. <laughs> I didn't see all the money in the world and I haven't seen the Florida project because it's hard to find. Sorry. Gosh. Um, I have to, I think either everyone in shape of water should have been nominated in this category <laughs> or, or Michael Stuhlberg should have been nominated for Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, and The Post, even though I haven't yes. seen it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised he wasn't nominated for Call Me By Your Name. I th- once I saw that movie, I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I mean, yeah, I think Sam Rockwell will win, unless we get a, you know, the Oscars are still like a month away. We get a lot of backlash from Three Billboards that starts um, i don't know if that's happening um, i mean i think william defoe should win this it's i think he's the most out of all these actors i think his performance and his uh his character is the most essential to the success of a movie so mm-hmm. i would give it to him i just thought michael stuhlberg was so good in both these movies uh, and uh he just wants everyone to be in love i know it's beautiful just wants everyone to love. Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just I, I was joking about everyone in Shape of Water should be nominated, and we'll get to it, but Michael <laughs> Shannon was so good. Mm-hmm. 
He was good, but I mean, it's like such an obvious Michael Shannon part. Oh, come on. <laughs> Who cares? I liked it. It was very what? Boardwalk like, Empire. Like, like. Yeah. like who else is in you know what also and i know that i feel like i feel like this just totally lost steam in the world of of criticism since last february but you know uh anyone in logan could have been nominated for best supporting actor yeah i think so yeah but uh that movie kind of just i don't know people forgot about it i guess but I thought Patrick Stewart was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I thought the little girl, I mean, you know, it's another silent role. Mm-hmm. But I thought the little girl was really fucking incredible. Right. Anyways, speaking of uh, women, uh, what about supporting <laughs> actresses? Speaking of women. <laughs> supporting actress, we got Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for Itania, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. I've seen one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's between Alison Janney and Laurie Metcalf. I mean, all signs point. Yeah, I think think now Alison has this locked in the bag. Bag. and it is a great performance. I, re- I really do enjoy her. Yeah. I mean, I think Metcalf gives the better performance. Um, but, I mean... Define better. Yeah. I, I, I mean... <laughs> she spans all the the different emotions. In right. Things. I'm, and yeah, Alison Janney is just... She plays just an evil person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Metcalf's character is a completely Remarkable. realized character. Which, I mean, it's not like... Tanya Harding's mother isn't wasn't like that though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Just they're both great awful. performances. They're really. Di- I mean, they're both also borderline abusive. Yeah, parents too. Well, in a way. <laughs> well, one's definitely abusive. The other one's it's like, like emotional yeah. abuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. <laughs> so it's gonna be either of them. I think it's gonna it's be Alison Janney though. Yeah. yeah. Did has she won yet? Not an Oscar. No. Oh, okay. Then yeah, the, she's getting it for sure. Yeah. That's just the duh. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. And, and I think that's it. Isn't best it? picture. Oh yeah, best picture. Dun, 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 dun. We have Call Me by Your Name. Ooh. Darkest Hour. Oh. Dunkirk. Uh huh. Get Out. <gasps> Lady Bird, huh. Phantom Thread, uh-huh. The Post, yeah. <laughs> The Shape of Water, oh. and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> Oscars opting for nine <laughs> instead of ten. But. Mitch, Mitch, you before the show, you were like, it's such a good year for movies. It yeah. seems like you don't like any of these. No, I, I it was just the post <laughs> and three billboards. All the other ones were oh, eh, oh. I heard some uh, disdain in, in your Ladybird nomination. Oh, it was more like oh, like I was scared. Get out scared me. And then when he said Ladybird, I was like, Oh, we're good, we're oh, good. Comfort. We're all good, guys. It's fine. Colin, what, what would what would the tenth movie be for you? If 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 in a world where they had ten nominations, uh, I mean, I think in a world, like in my opinion, or do I think like one that got like kind of robbed out of it? 
Uh, your opinion. Mm, I would put the Florida Project in there. Mm. Mitch? Uh, let me look at my top. Oh, Blade Runner 2049 should have gone in there. It is nominated for tons of technical I know, awards. but that, that I just think that it deserves it. I know, but I mean, Even, I, I'm saying like it like, stands to reason like if something's nominated and does technical things very well, it should translate to yeah. a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, I think even Coco should have been in there. I thought Coco was really amazing. But we're never going to see a, a Coco or any animated film direct, um, get nominated for like actors and actresses and stuff, so... Didn't ins- yeah. did Inside Out get nominated for screenplay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it get in picture? Di- yeah, but did it get director? No. See, no. that's what I'm saying. No. 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 Oh, no. 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 It's animated, guys. It can't get nominated for director. <laughs> it directs itself. Yeah. <laughs> God. So, what do you guys think should win? I've actually I've actually seen five of these. That's pretty good. Oh, wow. Uh. I mean, I think if I, I say my should win, I might give away my one of my highly ranked. Uh, okay, well, we'll, we'll get to top it. tens, but I mean, go, <laughs> going by <laughs> that's fine. Going by what things have been happening, I would say what will win would be the Shape of Water. I think so too, and I think it should win because it is a very beautiful, whimsical. Um, just cinematic story and it's perfect i think it's for everybody it's a good movie yeah. it's got it's got love it's got great images great acting disgusting uh practical effects of people tearing their fingers off <laughs> and it's i mean i think it's extremely uh extremely timely too um more timely than something like the post yeah which i mean at least, maybe not more timely, but its its it message is more subtle, subtle, subtly, subtly. Uh, yeah, I subtle, or it's more time, um, like timeless too. Mm-hmm. I think that the post, it just hits you over the head with its <laughs> its like importantness. Um, it's it very straightforward and dumb. It's very, um, very I don't I don't know actually. I think you guys missed the the. Uh the fish creature in the shape of water has a name and it's Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss that. Oh wow. That changes. That actually changes everything. I have to readjust my top. Ten. Little nose there, Guillermo. <laughs> oh, all right. But I'd love to see the shape of water win. I think there's like Colin was saying a lot of very important messages and themes in that movie that will live on forever. Until nuclear war. Sorry. I mean, we got about 10 years. <laughs> so, not, not to bring anything down. I'm just saying we've got 10 years to live. Um, I think, can I just say that maybe if it was two years ago and, and the movie itself was an hour longer, that Dunkirk would be a lock. An hour longer? Yes, because I feel I actually feel that I I believe that the weight of that movie as an achievement is not being felt because it's a, it's a quick short movie that isn't when you think warm it's 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 very not common for a warm movie like that to be yeah. under two hours. I gotcha. Yeah, but the style of what what it was going for if that movie was was any longer it would be 
relentless. Yeah, but Oscars love long movies. The only well, they didn't nominate Blade Runner. Nominated. They didn't nominate Blade Runner. I mean, it's two. <laughs> the, so the two movies that are between are Check both me. under two hours long. Yeah, but they won't win. What? Which ones won't win? The Shape of Water wait, wait, wait. and Three Billboards. Wait, no, that's sh- under two hours. Shape of Water and Three Billboards are like very are either at the two hour mark or are under it. Mm-mm. I think Darkest Hour is over by like five Shape minutes. of Water, two hours and three minutes. Get Out's got to be shorter. It's a horror movie. <laughs> three billboards, an hour and 55 minutes. Get Out's hour 44. I see some f- logical fallacies in your argument, Kel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forgive I you. You're the, in the bathroom. Lady so Bird's only an hour and a half, great. too. I do think that Dunkirk, uh, it's just, there's, it's, I just think it's a it's a weird like it should win like it, it really probably should win but it, it would never like there's no world in where anyone wants to see that win best picture yeah especially not in today's climate either yeah that's kind of what I'm saying it's yeah. like I mean the 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 runtime's a joke but it it and this I'm not trying to dog it and dog the Oscars in general but it doesn't have any sort of social moment in it that you know i I think that people want to want something to win that screams now yep yeah i think the thing with dunkirk is its theme is just survival and what men do to survive it's not you know it's not as layered as these other films um it does that really well and it tells a story that many people don't know about um but that's pretty much it you know, I, I wasn't as high on it as you guys are, but was it one of you that posted that like the art fake article about Christopher Nolan recutting it to like focus yeah. on the women? <laughs> yeah, it was just like two seconds long or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that one. There is a woman with a line. It is the one woman in that boat at the very end where they're like, "Where are you from?" And she's like, oh, "All the way from Dorchester." <laughs> She got her moment. Good for her. <laughs> she got it. All right. Cool. Oscars. 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 When is that? That is March 4th. March 4th. Dun, 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 dun. So, <coughs> Colin, March 4th is the Oscars. What What about the wards? Well, funny you should mention What's that. What's the updates? Because the wards came out, the nomination came out the day after the Oscars. <gasps> but... The show is before the Oscars, yeah. so in many ways, in many ways, the awards, uh, you win the you win the award first, and then you're graced with maybe the presence of an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it works, um, right? <laughs> at least in my mind. But uh, yeah, so we did our our annual, uh, well, we're doing our annual award show, which is the awards um, that we've been doing here at I think Woodward's for the past two years. Yeah. What were the previous awards winners? We had last year was um, <laughs> Moonlight. Moonlight. Yes. <laughs> Moonlight. Um, uh, I think it's been. And then Mad Max. Mad Max was the year before that. Uh-huh. And then uh, I think Whiplash was the year before that. 
I don't think I participated in that. Yeah, that Wards. was that was that pre Woodwards. Pre Woodwards. Pre Woodwards. I think Whiplash was the first first winner, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. I think I remember. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. So everyone, be sure to tune in Oscar weekend to hear oh, the real awards baby. show. Yeah. yeah. Who who leads the nominations in the that you chose? <laughs> <laughs> the nominations that you Let's made see. up. Uh. Basically, what was your favorite movie? <laughs> Just because it has the most nominations does not mean it's my favorite movie. Um, Shape of Water does have the most with 10 nominations. Okay. Uh, Call Me My, By Your Name has nine nominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Dunkirk and Lady Bird and Phantom Thread have seven nominations. Uh, I, Tanya and Get Out have six nominations. Florida Project and Star Wars have five Oh, wow. Star Wars has five nominations. Oh, yeah, including some acting nominations as well. Right. Now, I like I like these awards because you you made them up. And yes. Yes. <laughs> Tell me so more. it's not yep. as political. Uh-huh. It's just authoritarian. It's, yep. You made the decision. And that's oh, yeah. That. <laughs> Forget politics. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, there's no politics if there's only one. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, you also have a, an award or two awards that I really like that are best moment, which is like best scene that in a movie, mm-hmm. and best use of music, which oh, I, I love you know, that award. yeah, because uh, the, a lot of movies that don't get their due or that are good, you know, they're looked over. You know, yeah. Keep telling me why I'm great. I mean, I, I, yeah, like <laughs> like you nominated Atomic Blonde for best use of music, and I totally agree. Great, great music, great music, great use of music. I mean, any scene where. A woman beats the shit out of four or five like KGB officers or police officers to the set or to the sound of George Michael's father figure. You, I'm there. Yeah, I'm 100 percent. 100 percent. I'm totally in, and it was super fun. So I haven't submitted mine yet, but I will soon. Yeah. Well, when is the due date? What is it? I think it's the 24th of February. Right. It's the due date. And so, how many? How many uh, voters? This year, we have our record most voters. I believe there is 24 voters, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, wards, hosts included. Yeah. You don't vote, though. I do. <gasps> How many votes do you get? for All of them. <laughs> I can make whatever decision. No, I, no. I, never, I never do that. And we do, um, we do like, um, kind of like a per-referential ballot. Mm-hmm. Where you list three. Right, right. I remember now. Yeah. Yes. Cool. But you said the the awards are starting to trickle in? The they are. Votes. Yeah, I've gotten a few ballots already. It's very all very exciting. Awesome. So look for the awards, awards, the awards ceremony <laughs> before the awards, awards, awards ceremony uh, before the Oscars come out. So, yeah. Yeah. That was my phone. I dropped it. The excitement. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah. So, do you guys want? Let's before we, we're going to hear from your your two's top ten movies of the year. I don't know if I really have ten to talk about, but um, let's touch on really quick. The Super Bowl happened. What? <laughs> the Super Bowl happened. Yes, it did. Um, there was two. There was a few movie things that happened. There was a Jurassic World trailer that Colin loved. And um, I actually didn't watch it. I, I saw it silent and I was kind of like, oh, the first trailer was so bad. I can't imagine this one being any better. Was it better? 
I didn't watch it either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, we're very qualified to talk about this. Um, uh, what's that show called? Uh, this is Us. Uh, yeah. Had an episode after the Super Bowl. Did you guys watch it? Do you guys watch no, that show? No, I don't show? watch that no. show. No, my parents watch no. it. They said, "Actually, you know, it's not as corny as you think." That's all. Every time I hear this is us, people talk about this is us. So like, you know, it's actually pretty dramatic and pretty smart, and not that not that corny. But it seems really corny to me. I really? feel like I could get behind it if I didn't yeah. if I binge watched it. Right. I could not sit through a, a a show with commercials. I don't think I could ever do that anymore. Honestly. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we got we got a film <laughs> podcast here. Didn't watch a trailer. Don't watch the biggest TV show on network television. No, it's not. Um, yes, it is. Is it? I think it's the biggest network, drama. Network like NBC, oh. ABC, Fox. Okay. Um, but CBS. The CBS is like, I guess, fuck us. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do they um, still have the Big Bang? Theory? Yes, they I do. I don't know. That might be number one. Well, yeah. I, well, actually, I don't know if it is the number one comedy anymore. I think, I think Blackish might be the number one oh. comedy now. Um. So then we got we got a teaser for a trailer. Ooh. We got the the Han Solo movie that mm-hmm. I guess is happening. I think a lot of people thought it wasn't really going to come out in May because we hadn't heard anything about it. We hadn't seen anything, and uh, they dropped a teaser during the Super Bowl. Right. Which this was cool. I it was really two trailers basically because it was just, it was like a thirty second trailer that was completely different from the one that dropped Monday. Mm-hmm. Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got our first look at the Han Solo movie. We got our first look at Alden Ehrenreich uh, taking over as Han Solo. Uh, what do you guys think of the trailer? I just can't with that hair. You, do you like it or? <laughs> I don't. You don't like his hair? No, it's very Dirk Diggler from. Oh, <laughs> it, it is very seventies. But I mean, we're talking about it Hans. Is 70s. Yeah, we're talking about Han Solo, who you know emerged in the seventies. So, uh, so a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it was the seventies. Well, they, they I mean, a, uh, watch, watch Star Wars. Everybody, it, the Star Wars looks like the seventies in space. I mean, Rogue One was the same way with the hair. Yeah, a little you know bit. Who's, you know whose hair I hate though is Amelia Clark. Yeah, it didn't look very Star Wars like. It it looks like normal. Like where's the where's the Ray hair? Where's the Leia hair? Where's the Padme hair? Yeah, almost what? like 1920s look to it. It's really weird. And so Colin, you hated the hair. Um, did you like anything? Did it, I, did it excite you? No. No, I thought I thought Donald Glover was like spitting image for Billy Billy D. Well, he excites yeah. he excites me and um. All every way, uh, so I'm I'm excited for anything with him in it. But uh, we no, I just don't care. Did we right get now. any lines from him in the trailer? I don't think so. No, I don't but think so either. I I happen to really like like the introduction to the Millennium Falcon being really clean. Yeah, that was cool. Like all the padding and everything was white, and just everything looked very clean. And I I'm I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see you know, what they came up with for his origin story. Um, I'm not as worried about the acting as some people are. Um, I think people, when they hear he needed an acting coach, they think, oh, he's terrible then. Um, good actors use acting coaches all the time. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, so sorry to burst anyone's bubble, but acting coaches help very good actors as well as bad ones. And 
I think it just means that that he needed an acting coach on set. Just means that there wasn't a good connection between him and the director and what their vision needed to be. Um, if anything, I think it shows that he takes his role as playing Han Solo more seriously. Yeah, that he wanted to make sure that he. Yeah, I, I would. That he was up to snuff for it. And I, I wouldn't say that he sounds like him, and I don't really care if he does or not. Um, maybe in the dialogue it'll come out better, but I don't know. What do you think, Kale? You're the Star Wars freak. <laughs> freak! <laughs> uh, um, I, I think it, it, like, it looks fun. I mean, it doesn't look stupid to me. Uh, it looks, you know, it, it looks high quality, and it looks like it's going to be good action. I actually happen to be more excited about this I mean, with this trailer, it looks like a Ron Howard movie more than it looks like um, a, a, a Miller and Lord movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I'm excited because it feels like Ron Howard. Um, you know, I'm worried about Alden Ehrenreich. I think it's it's like an unbelievable role to step into. I mean, there's part of it is just because that Harrison Ford, is it's like a dying breed of, of actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, he's not, he's like an old 30s actor, and that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, and and this sounds weird, but that type of masculinity on screen doesn't really exist the way it did either. So, yeah, no. Yeah, it could I come off it really, well, really bad. Well, I would say, I would say that Army Hammer's character in Call Me By Your Name is pretty close to Han Solo. Um, yeah, mm. I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree, but I think that that's also rare too. Mm-hmm. like army hammers of the world. Don't really, that leading male doesn't exist the way it used to exist. So I think it's going to be difficult. And I think I understand why it, it uh, watching the trailer and hearing the rumors that he was the point of frustration makes sense to me. Um, that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad movie, but it means that they probably were scrambling to fix something particular. Um, who was frustrated? Alden. That he was the point of frustration, oh. right? That those that that was the that was the rumors. Um, other than that, I, I'm really excited for Donald Glover. I'm excited that he. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is his first real role in a blockbuster movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It really is. In I mean, he block, was in Spider Man, but, but he it didn't was really like, have a big yeah. role. He had like five lines in Spider Man. Um, I mean, Donald Glover is a TV guy. I mean, he's a TV writer and he's a TV actor. Um, he's a rapper. Is, he's a. <laughs> I mean, he's everything. But this is a huge moment for. And I, I, I hope he's good in this because really, um, you know, I, I would be more excited about another Lando movie. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. If, if, if he's, if he kills it, and I'm sure he will because he's the kind of person that doesn't do anything bad. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, we'll see. He was Should a Magic Mike XXL. Oh, oh, he was. You're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. You're, you're right. He wasn't that. But as for like comic book type movies, <laughs> yeah, I guess for like a franchise movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. uh, well, that's a franchise in its own. I mean, they've got their you're, own strip clubs. Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, do you have Star Wars strip clubs? <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure they do. <laughs> if they don't, yeah, they better what, get on that's that. What Tashi's, that's what Tashi Station was. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. Um, well, that's that's about Star Wars. Also, just really quick, um, right before the Super Bowl, Ava DuVernay said that she tweeted out that there's going to be something that happens uh, that day that will blow the minds of film Twitter. And we found out that that was the fact that 
the new Cloverfield movie premiered after the Super Bowl on Netflix without any promotional buildup, um, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, it did not make me want to sit down and watch the movie. No, I did um, not want to watch it. <laughs> but but uh, what a world we live in. <laughs> wow, that a movie this, could this, get this, made and released. And, and no one knows about it and uh, no they one didn't market it. it. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I hope it works out for Netflix. Um, Colin, you watched it. I did. I watched it right after the Super Bowl, actually. And, and did this uh, lack of marketing... It, it tingle your uh, curiosity? Well, I mean, I guess in a way it must have because I did watch it right afterwards. I was curious about it, and I liked all the I like all the actors in it a lot. Uh, yeah, and uh, I was intrigued by it. It's just unfortunate that it's not a very good movie, and I could yeah, I can definitely see why Paramount decided to give it to Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's what happened? Do you think they made it and they were like, this sucks? Yeah, I, think I, they were... I honestly think that they made it and had no idea how to market it. So we're like, yeah. I mean, they probably, with 10 Cloverfield Lane, were like, wow, that worked really well. Let's do it again. And then when they got the final cut of this movie, they're like, this is not going to work in theaters. <laughs> Let's just get it in Netflix. That'll mm-hmm. be new. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it, it does some interesting things with with the screenplay. It's, I mean, it's some new twist on very familiar territory, but at the end of the day, it is very familiar, which is why I wasn't too too keen on it. It is super interesting because these movies of this budget size, which I don't know what it was. I mean, I'm assuming this wasn't a $200 million movie. It was probably like 80 or something if, yeah. if they're going to gamble yeah. like this. but. You know, usually a movie like that will will spend almost its budget on marketing, so it is a really interesting um, business model mm-hmm. for them to not spend any money on marketing. Um, but they're also not getting ticket sales. I mean, how Netflix makes money or or distributes its revenue, I, I have no idea how that works. Uh, but aren't they like um, a billion dollar company anyway? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know, it's fascinating. It also kind of maybe stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing with my indie. We're just going to release it. We're not going to market it. You're going to pull a Beyonce? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, which is really what they, yeah, it's really what they did. They, they stole Beyonce's idea. I, know. I was trying to think of like a funny thing. I was like, <clears throat> they tried to pull a Beyonce, but instead they pulled a, but I don't know anyone else who's done that. <laughs> <laughs> or who's done it and who's done it bad. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch it. I don't want to. I'm sorry, I mean, like, Ava. I like the I like the Cloverfield universe. I liked <laughs> the original Cloverfield, and I l- really liked Ten Cloverfield Lane. Sure. But um, is this one set in space? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't then, know in that world that they were, we were. It's a really great cast too. So I mean, I was into it, but it was I don't know something was off. There were some other trailers. At, during the Super Bowl, there was the skyscraper one, which, <laughs> which looked, I I don't know. Okay, so movies like this, uh, Dwayne Johnson and Skyscraper, which is another like very conventional disaster type movie, I, that it looked fun to me. Like it looked like a really fun movie to go with your friends and just get drunk and or high and watch <laughs> it. I I thought it looked like a blast. 
because like he's got to save his family. I mean, come on, you got to save your family. The prosthetic leg yeah. used as I, like a gag I, was not even a gag, but like a, a tool, like <laughs> almost as like a point of like, whoa, what's the prosthetic leg gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Just really the, there's it. the end of that, the end of that scene or the end of that trailer when he was like using the prosthetic leg for like to brace him from a fall and then it like cut away and every, everyone in my party was like oh like <laughs> i thought i thought it looked fun i'm not gonna lie i want to see it no. I, I don't i don't know <laughs> i like those kind of movies i like really dumb action conventional movies because they're fun to watch and make fun of I talk mean- during I have movie yeah. pass now, so I like I do need to watch something eventually, so maybe. If <laughs> nothing else is out that week, maybe. I need to get that too. <laughs> I think that was pretty much it for movie trailers. Mission Impossible. Oh yeah, that looked good. Oh yeah. That looks fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Did you guys watch the helicopter behind the scenes feature that they put out? No, oh. I didn't. I'm sure Tom Cruise was doing it. Uh yeah, he was flying a fucking helicopter. I don't know how anyone gets behind that. <laughs> But uh, they, they, the insurance they policy pretty, must they, be huge. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that stuff even works because he probably owns it a little bit. So I don't know if he is even. I don't know. It's really probably complicated. But um, I think it I looks think fun. It's like I mean, those movies are awesome. I, I, we talked about it when we did Mission Impossible Five on the podcast, and uh, which you could go look up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did do that. that um, good, good those movies are great. It's one of the most understated, like, fun franchises, I think, mm-hmm. that I don't think people have given enough credit to. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The last, from three on, have been great movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of uh, top movies... <laughs> <laughs> God, you're so, right, you so good at segways, even at 6 a.m. <laughs> okay, we, we want to get into a, a, a bigger shape of water discussion um, since I'm sitting in a bathtub. But Are you uh, just actually sitting in a bathtub? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, you're just on the toilet then. Sitting near a bathtub. Get in, get uh, in the bathtub, please. Turn get the water the on. Turn the water on. Um, quickly, Ease you up. guys, give us, give us your top ten films. Um, quickly, maybe go quickly. Back isn't that what the episode's yeah. about? <laughs> we'll get it. We'll, we'll talk about Shape of Water toward the end. But okay, Colin, you want to go first at number ten? Sure. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go back and forth. Okay, cool. Uh, so my number ten film of the year is a, a movie called Lady Macbeth. It I is, didn't see that. It is a British period. Uh, psychosexual. <laughs> no. so, I got. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you back on once I said psychosexual? Yes. Psychosexual uh, romance. Um, it's almost like if Hitchcock was directing a period piece. It's um really really fascinating. Uh, it's it's a short movie too. Um, about a woman who is in an arranged marriage and in like the English countryside and her husband and her husband's family kind of confine her to the house and she's just trapped inside this house and um, she's going stir crazy and eventually she starts fucking the stable boy and takes her womanhood back and becomes a boss. (laughs) Mm. You like those psychosexual movies? I fucking love them. 
Yeah. <laughs> what was last year's? Uh, so you loved Duke Chick-fil-A. of Burgundy a few years ago. Really, really got to. Well, me. there was the the French one last year. What was that called? With what's her face? Oh, L. L. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Paul, but no, this Paul is Verhoeven. This is a um, a really fascinating movie about uh, and it's beautifully looking. Um, the lead performance by I think Francis Pugh is um really strong really powerful and seeing her go from a almost subservient um wife to this really dominating um force to be reckoned with is really really fascinating and it it just looks great and it's really interesting in the end the ending is uh really controversial which i love a controversial ending Mm. so my number 10 lady Macbeth. okay well, somewhat related. Well, first, let me start. Uh, I I had a hard time picking my top 10 because I go by top favorite and like what I enjoyed the most. Um, so a lot of these I really enjoyed. Like there were some that I didn't make my top 10 that I still enjoy a lot, but I had trouble. I had trouble making this list. Like I said, it was a tough year. Um, but number 10, Lady Bird. Uh, I put Lady Bird in my top 10 at number 10. Um, I think it's a timeless... Um, coming of age story about teenage girl that I found very funny, heartwarming, and uh, grounded. And we talked about it in a previous episode. So, uh, Ladybird, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> it's <was> good. <laughs> it's good. Funny. Well written. Well directed. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here and. <laughs> Okay, I didn't see uh, many movies, but I did see 10 movies. I at least saw like <laughs> okay. 15. I'm going to try to put this together as we go because I didn't really think about <laughs> this. That was great. What a so, pleasure for us. <laughs> so I'm going to start with okay, number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Ooh, I put that at number 13. I really enjoyed that one. 40 really for me. By the 40. <laughs> but it was also kind of forgettable and convoluted. <laughs> Colin, you're number nine. <laughs> That's yeah. all we got to say about yeah. that. <laughs> I liked. I really like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> I know I was alone in that on our Not episode. as much as I did. Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. Uh, it's all uh, relative. My uh, my number nine movie is Phantom Thread, which is a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest movie starring Daniel Day Lewis in what could be his final performance ever. Um, it is about a meticulous um, fashion designer and uh, what it means to be in a controlling relationship with an artist. And uh, it is beautiful. It is lush and so tonally perfect. Um, just great performances across the board from uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, nom- Oscar <clears throat> nominee, Leslie Manville, also Oscar nominee. But the... Uh, uh, female in it who I've never seen before. Oh, hold on. I'll get her name here to give her credit for it. Uh, He's opening his notepad. Vicky Cripes. Cripes, almighty. <laughs> Vicky Cripes. Uh, <laughs> to me, an unknown, uh, but stands just as like tall as Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie. I She's think. also very tall. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Great performance by Harry and beautiful looking movie. Surprisingly really funny movie as well. There's some 
such very such irreverent sa- savage insults yeah. in this movie that just had me laughing my ass off it's it's a really great movie so i put that as my number 24 film i wasn't that i i agree it's made very well it's beautiful uh camera moves around very fluidly great lighting great costumes art design et cetera, et cetera. i just uh i didn't I wasn't interested. I was pretty bored at times. Um, and this is my impression of Vicky Gripes. <clears throat> yes? <laughs> I think she has more to say. She, than that, than that. Numerous <laughs> times she just says yes or no in a very like hushed like inhale. Like, yes? <laughs> yes? I, I, I don't know. But I did like the insults. There's yeah. some good ones, good. especially from... Um, What's her, the the sister character? Yeah, Leslie Manville. Leslie Manville, she was very good in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, number nine, Phantom number Thread. Number nine, your Phantom Thread. My number nine is I Tanya, the biopic told from many different perspectives about uh, Tanya Harding's life and career. Um, I really, really liked it. I thought it was hilarious, uh, also tragic, and. Um, I don't know, very, seemed very, like, I don't want to say important, but uh, very important to how we, how we treat people in the public lens. And um, it's also, I, I think it's contra- a controversial film in a sense, because a lot of people want to believe what the news media sold them back in the day, that it was Tanya Harding's doing all along. In this film, a lot of the perspectives point toward Tanya Harding not even knowing about any of this um only knowing about like certain things and then backing off and then uh really dumb people who knew her going above and beyond what was ever talked about uh if that makes any sense but you you nominated in your awards for a few awards like especially supporting actor for that yeah, um, I, fat character. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Sean. That's very nice of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's an idiot. Paul so. Walter Hauser. Who Paul I, Walter Hauser. Who I do think is really, really great in that movie. I don't know what else he's been in, but I, I feel mean, like I've seen him in yeah. stuff. Anyway, I loved Itania. Like, it, like it was described as uh, Goodfellas on about ice skating. <laughs> great music. Um, the the scenes of her ice skating are done really well. Although if you really pay attention, you can see like the, the computer graphics of the face. Yeah. It's not very well uh, put together, but, but it's still the end credits shows her um, world championship. Was it worlds or us worlds? Like that, something like when she like first did the triple axle, triple axle. Yeah. Her first triple yeah. axle. Um, and they, they just played that over the end credits and it was, I don't know. Yeah, there's a newfound respect for her that I find. Um, she was the greatest skater ever, and they treated her like crap. There's a lot about uh, figure skating politics and just bullshit. Yeah, like what it means to be elegant. Or yeah, yeah. That figure showy. skaters should have this type of womanness to them, um, ladylike. Yeah, that. And um, she was not. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed Aunt I Tanya. Just missed my top ten and yeah. at, at number fourteen for me. Okay, Kale, what's your number nine? <laughs> um, the Lego Batman movie. Ooh, I put that all the way at my thirtieth. 
for the same reasons that Mitch liked Itania. <laughs> Figure skating politics. <laughs> well, just the way we perceive people in the public lens. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. The idea that we, you know, sometimes our heroes are, are kind of lonely and they uh-huh. feel lost. And uh, in all seriousness, that movie was really funny. And um, uh, it, it understood the character of Batman more than any movie, I think, since Batman Begins. I mean, any movie, not just any Batman movie. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I, I like, <laughs> I, I remember the scene when Barbara Gordon was taking over and they were talking about like paperwork or whatever uh, for like the reforms, police reform. And I thought it was very, very silly, tongue in cheek. Yeah. I, I liked it better than Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> I didn't Colin, see it. I'll what's, definitely make sure I have to check that out. What's your number eight? My number eight is a film called BPM, Beats Per Minute. It is a French um, a drama about um, Act Up Paris. It said, um, takes place in the 80s uh, when the AIDS crisis is uh, kind of breaking out all over the world. And it's just about this group of young activists who are trying to um, get funding for research on medication and... Um, treatment for people with AIDS, HIV. It's a really, it's a long movie. It is a two hour and 40 minute French drama about AIDS, but <laughs> so, like, so I can understand the people's reservations to it, but it is, uh, there are some really great scenes in there. Um, a lot of the scenes take place in like a lecture hall where it's just people talking, talking. about like how to, I like scenes like how that. to do like their next protest and mm-hmm. like all the politics that goes in with that. Um, really great movie, really powerful movie, beautiful movie. Um, beats per minute. Um, cool. Yeah. Number eight. My number eight is Coco. Um, a beautiful animated film about family and traditions from a culture we don't normally are export are exposed to um, unless you live in like the Southern United States. Uh, Southwest United States. Um, Great music. Animation, again, beautiful. And uh, I was like crying at the end. Like any Pixar movie has an extremely emotional scene that um, just ties everything together in a perfect little bow. So that is my number eight. (laughs) Bobo. Yes. Bobo. Coco Bobo. For Coco. Bobo. I'm Cuckoo for Coco. Um, number eight kill for me oh um call me by your name because it was a good movie and i saw it um wow but only i I happen to think that um i I think this movie very easily wouldn't be in my top 10 if i saw more movies (laughs) i think i I liked call me by your name a lot i'm a little surprised by it like best picture i think it's kind of maybe not a best picture kind of movie i think the acting is unbelievable um i think it's i think it's probably 40 minutes too long and uh there's one scene at the end that really makes it worth it and i um enjoy that scene but um maybe confused about all the accolades but it was a good movie i did see it so number eight call me by your name i had that as my number 14 so you're right and if you saw more movies, it might not be in your top ten. Still a good movie, though. Hmm. 
We're going to talk about that more so later. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll t- talk about that more later. So what was your number seven, Colin? My number seven is a documentary called Faces Places. Uh, also a French movie, a uh, French documentary about uh, the artist Agnes Varda. And mm. she teams up with a photographer, um, J.R. I don't know if he pronounces it J.R. or Jr. And I couldn't tell because I didn't hear people saying it in, <laughs> in English, really. Right. Um, so um, it's about them going on a road trip together. She's 80-something years old. He's 20-something years old. And they take a f- photo booth, essentially, on wheels uh, mm-hmm. and drive all around France, north, south, and they take pictures of people in um, these really, not like abandoned towns, but some of them are, but um, these villages in France, and they take photos and like plaster plaster them on walls and surfaces and monuments and it to make beautiful artwork. Um, But it's really a movie about there are two, these two people's relationship with each other and what they mean to each other, but also um, the different villagers. It's, it kind of sets out in these vignettes from town to town. Like you spend like 15 minutes in one town, then they're on the road again. 15 minutes in another town, it's a new story. But I bet, uh, I bet that makes it fun. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it funny. Drag. It's funny. It's beautiful, and some of the art that they make is so, so, so great. There's a scene early on in the beginning, one of the first places they visit it. It's this woman's house, um, and they're this whole row of miners' houses from back in the day are about to be told, tore down to make a new development. And she's the last person's like withholding, mm-hmm. like to oh, sell, yeah, to yeah. sell her place. Um, so they put her face. So they put all these old miners on the side of each houses, and then they put her face right in the center on her house. So she walks out of her house and she looks around. And she sees her face on the house and what happens next is super emotional it was okay. um, one of my favorite moments in, in in a theater this year oh it's in theaters it can you find it streaming anyway um, usually those documentaries start showing up on i saw it at the dia um and i think that's the only screening it has but i do think it comes out on video mm-hmm. um within the next few weeks uh faces places wasn't uh it's nominated it right? is yeah and isn't icarus as well that like doping yeah, movie? yeah. that was that's i saw Netflix. like the first half hour of that yeah, it's on like Netflix. I had to go somewhere. So like, well, <laughs> shit. Um, Faces places. Num- cool. Number seven. Very, very good. My number seven is Get Out, which we've talked about so much, and I'm sure you've all heard about it. But I really like this movie. I um, I think it's a ton of fun. It's a good satire, and um, I'm excited for how much praise it's getting. Most people I talk to have seen it, like older people and whatnot, and they, they like it too. Some of them are like, eh, it was all right. But they didn't know. I haven't heard anybody say they hated it. So I have. I. I'll get to it later. <laughs> Is it, okay. Uh, what was your number seven? I, I should say first of all that maybe Spider-Man: Homecoming should have been there instead of Lego Batman. Um, oh, <laughs> well, it's in the books now, Kelly. Okay? You can't change. It. Yeah, it's oh, in the books Lord. now. Um, my seven, I guess, is uh, Thor Ragnarok. I. And really, there's. Oh, I didn't even... I forgot I watched that one. (laughs) That was probably the most fun I had seeing a movie this year. I really enjoyed all the humor and uh, a lot of the action. I think, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, 
uh, Thor Ragnarok did a good job of containing superhero action. You know, like it's in one space, it's in a, it's in an arena, it's on a bridge. Like it, it wasn't there. You know, there's one chase scene, just like Spider-Man: Homecoming, but it doesn't take place. You know, on Earth, leaps and bounds on different cities and explosions, and you know, it, it was it, it was good in that sense, and it was extremely funny. And they finally let Chris Hemsworth beat Chris Hemsworth. There's some Led Zeppelin, so that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Keep more chat in full drag. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I agree uh, with everything you say. I, I just, my one problem is there were no stakes. Nobody felt like they were actually going to die. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But, but it was I, super I just, fun. Just super fun. Yeah, that is a fun, fun movie. Mm-hmm. I really liked, I really liked that they set it on a different, like weird eccentric type planet and, it was it was fun. Speaking of Chris Hemsworth, uh, did you see the like Australia travel ad for uh, the really Super Bowl? Like, I really like that. I one. would definitely pay to see a Dundee, uh, a Crocodile Dundee reboot with with um, Chris Hemsworth and what's his face. I actually think they're doing it. I don't know. Is it? I don't think they are. Or was that it's just, just a spoof? All? It's just part of like the marketing campaign. It's a, it's but, a marketing. Thing. Are you Go sure? Yeah. I would I would pay to see it. I, I thought that combo could be really funny. Danny McBride and Chris Hemsworth. Um, so long. I as think Chris Chris Hemsworth is. I I just want to see him in more comedies. Like right. You know he was he was like one of, he was like the only funny part of Ghostbusters. Right. And you didn't think he was gonna be like I think people are just starting to realize that he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a lot of charisma and he's very good looking. Helps. Um, so that was your number seven. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. 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 Uh, mine or yeah, number six, Colin. Oh, sorry, I was, I was gonna go. <laughs> I was looking but. up Tourism Australia, Dundee, The Son of Legend, Return. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was looking Let's that up. Let's go to Australia. Um, my number six. My number six movie is The Shape of Water. Oh, uh, number six movie. We talked about it a little bit, but um, yeah, I think it's a just a beautiful, beautiful looking movie with a. <laughs> really great message of um, standing up to what is right and what is wrong and um, doing so with your actions, even when, in this case, when you don't have a voice, but you can show what you think is right by your actions. Yeah. Um, Shape of Water. Um, beautiful film. Number mm-hmm. six. It's higher on my list. So we'll talk about that it was, some more. That was beautif- beautifully said, Colin, for mm-hmm. only your number five movie. Yeah. yeah. No, no, number six. <laughs> my, my number six? Yeah. Number six. Oh, you're number six. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get ahead here. So yeah, come on, Kale. Keep uh, My number six is Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I think I've talked about it enough of why I think it's a really good movie. Um, I think it does everything right that need that it needed to do. And I think Ryan Johnson did a great job um, executing his vision for the future of Star Wars in this film. And it has great moments, um, some slow moments, but I think... What this movie also taught us is that not every Star Wars movie is going to be good, like or like blow people away, and a lot of people are going to be upset by some Star Wars choices. Uh, I I'm past that point, but I I think the people who are really dissing on this movie are missing the point entirely. Um, so 
I don't know. I'm sure it's higher on yeah. Kale's list. Yep. Just missed mine. It's not. No, it's number no. 11. I mean, on, 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 the, on the list that I just made two minutes ago, uh, The Last Jedi is number six. Okay. Um, I think that... <clears throat> I think every technical aspect of this movie is A plus and would deserve an Oscar if it won it. I really believe that. I think that aside, I mean, Shape of Water is close and Logan is close, but production design for The Last Jedi, I think, will be vastly overlooked in the scope of like cinema in the last 10 years. I mean, it, it is such a beautiful film, and I don't think people are really appreciating it as much as they should. Um, I think the one thing I think the acting is really good in this movie from Adam Driver to Mark Hamill to of course Daisy Ridley um, I think that the script is just it's it's lacking a bit still and I think that um, if if the script was a little more fleshed out this could have been a best picture movie like if it was slightly there's if they added certain scenes and took away a few scenes and and maybe i think if it was focused more i think this movie would be getting a lot more praise so even in my top 10 it did, didn't make the top five mm -hmm. uh for the for the, the 15 movies i saw this year mm -hmm. yeah like I said, but just just beautiful. missed out on my top 10 it's number 11 it's the most fun i've had in a theater this whole last year so yeah which is interesting we find it fun but a lot of people find it boring i don't know boring yeah, that, i'll never i I'll never I honestly don't the word boring to describe this movie yeah i don't get it at all I, I don't know if you can really see what's going on between characters i didn't find it boring at all but all right number five we're in the top five now ladies and gentlemen top five <laughs> number five for me is uh get out number five get out of here, get, um, get out of here. we did a whole episode about it uh just reiterate a few points about it it's it's so smart and so well done and so entertaining um performances are great that that scene um between Catherine keener and daniel kaluuya um when they first sit down and do like their therapy session is so good and so intense and i i bought it on blu-ray and i was re-watching re it and i was watching that scene and i remembered like how when i was in a theater and i theater i saw it in was kind of empty because i saw it early on a monday morning and uh i remember when i was watching that scene in the theater and just being like my mouth agape just like it is i, I love that scene i really like this movie it's probably the scene they're going to use for his oscar clip yeah you know? um it's it's really great um get out number five mm -hmm. and one of the best theater experiences i've had some yeah. of the people that took our seats and then I had to move to another seat and then I had to move again because those people came and then it was like oh. <laughs> so, someone someone asked you to, to get out of your seats yeah get out of their seats because I couldn't sit in my own seat um, mm. alright my number five is Baby Driver um, I think it was again one of <laughs> <laughs> that maybe should have been in mine instead of Lego Batman too <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I, did, I did see Baby Driver. Okay, um, th th this is an unofficial list for Kale, uh, <laughs> but my uh, I I loved watching this. Edgar Wright's one of my favorite directors, and I think um, the what he does with the editing and the music in this movie is just perfect. And he's always done that with his movies: uh, cut in music with edits and character beats and dialogue. It just it was so. It was a musical that wasn't a musical, um, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. It makes it weird with Kevin Spacey, but um, yep. we've talked about that. 
but it's still a very enjoyable movie. Very good. You have a five, Gail? Oh, um, my five, I think, is Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I mean, I guess I would like to talk a little bit on the tail end of this. We can kind of have a further discussion, but I thought it was a beautiful film. Um, I was really moved by it. I think it's it takes a chance in a genre that doesn't really take chances like this. Um, I, I really think that if you don't buy into it quickly, that maybe it's not the movie for you. And I know I've talked to some people who really didn't like this movie at all, but I have to appreciate what it's doing with the monster genre. And uh, it's just super, I, I said it earlier, but it's super well acted by everyone. Um, the art direction and production design is incredible. Um, and I thought Alexander Desplat's music was um, really amazing. Um, I never saw Grand Budapest Hotel, and I know that I think he won for that. Right? Yes, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, there was all this talk that he, he was supposed to do the Rogue One score, mm-hmm. and uh, at the time I didn't see it, but I couldn't see that happening. But uh, after listening to Shape of Water, um, give him everything. I thought it was an amazing score. I mean, and. and uh, Quincy Jones was just quoted as saying that he's one of the only people doing good stuff in film scores <laughs> lately. And uh, in music, maybe even <laughs> in, in music. Yes. And so I, I, uh, I, he's right. He's absolutely right. The score was amazing. So uh, shape of water. Number five. Yeah. That, uh, it's my favorite for score too, but I have it higher on my list. So I'll, I'll reiterate mm-hmm. those same points in a bit. Uh, number four, Colin. Number four for me is the Florida project. Mm-hmm. I haven't um, seen it. This um little movie by Sean Baker who uh, previously did Tangerine um, like that yep. movie that was mm-hmm. a good one uh, it's about this um, ho- hotel um, or motel um, in Florida just on the outskirts of uh, the Magic Kingdom of Disney um, and it's, it was a really fascinating look at um, this group of people which um, exist and they definitely exist uh just like tapping on the outside of what childhood, like the ideal childhood of Disney world or Disney, I forget which one's in Florida, but world Disney world is, uh, and they're living this really hard life right outside on the most magical place in the world. Um, Hmm. incredible performances by these non actors Um, Brooklyn Prince who plays the little girl is so good and um i don't know the name of the actress who plays her mom but it's um she's great too and obviously william defoe uh, really pulls this movie all together it's beautiful looking uh i was not liking it for like the first 20 minutes but then i started mm-hmm. to just <laughs> but, but i have a bad reason for not like i don't like kids <laughs> this movie is this movie is very children being children and yeah. i don't like that but once i like warmed up to the idea of kids gotcha. it was all i, started, I there. started to like it. it's it's really funny it's really tragic too yeah um, it sounds sad it is a great great movie um i really love the yeah, project i gotta watch that i like tangerine so very hard yeah sean i mean sean baker is such an interesting filmmaker to me i mean the way he picks his subject matter, like like Tangerine, is like 
those are real people that exist right. that we don't get to see and just like yeah. in mm-hmm. the Florida project these are real people that exist that are living a lifestyle that we think we know but we have no idea mm-hmm. true life yeah my number four uh, very similar but about mutants Logan uh, <laughs> I I picked Logan for my number four um, I thought it was one of the best movies of the year one of the best super mer- superhero movies ever and a great uh, send off to a few characters that um, we've grown to know and love in the cinematic universe. Um, and the violence was just grade A, super fun, top notch, good time, wow. Yeah, just just missed my, my number my number 12. What? Sorry. <laughs> um, I agree. Number four? Mitch? Yeah. I... No. My number four, though, is uh, The Big Sick. Oh. Um, That's my number I 11. Was... That was what? That was my number 11. I was um, extremely moved by that movie, and if you listen to the podcast, I... Um... You know, that's not a movie that's going to blow you away in a lot of technical ways, but I'm, I'm really into a good script, and I thought it was extremely well-written. Um, and uh, the subject matter, I think, is... It's a, it's a very personal story, but I think that it resonates with a lot of people, and uh, me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it has the worst poster uh maybe ever <laughs> yeah it does it's maybe, the same as the dvd la- art like too late ladybird might be worse and um what was that movie with my um george clooney a few years ago uh where he's just on a beach looking backwards descendants descendants the descendants it's that was one movie, of the worst yeah. posters i've ever seen but um just every actor in this movie standing in front of the chicago skyline i I don't know what the fuck anyone was thinking when they made that it honestly looks like a bollywood uh poster it's very weird like a yeah like a bollywood uh comedy i just god sorry anyways the movie's great yeah yeah no just uh again missed out on my top 10 my number 13 also had my um funniest moment of the year um, great with joke the 9-11, 9/11 joke. yeah mm-hmm. yeah very funny <laughs> so colin what's your number three my number three is call me by your name uh we talked about it a little bit but i think it is a beautiful movie about a place and a time and a relationship that we um or at least a view of a relationship that we don't see a lot um and i think now we've all seen it right Yes. Okay. So, and yeah. I, I think I alluded to this, and when I think just Kale and I saw it, um, but why I really, really, really like this movie, other than it being beautiful to look at and beautifully acted, um, it is so so refreshing to see a movie about gay people that doesn't end in violence or tragedy. It is so nice to see that mm-hmm. that um or that or that doesn't have an overbearing like everyone hates them yeah yeah it is like and like this easily could have happened this is a italy very religious italy in the 1980s like right this could i mean and this is i mean this is like prime time of like the aids crisis too there's not a single mention of that which mm-hmm. i heard about a possible sequel <laughs> which yeah. i did not like that the idea of that but um 
It's really not a movie that requires a sequel. No, no it really doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about Timothy Chalamet's performance. Uh, I totally understand people saying that this is a slow movie. Um, especially, you know, the first maybe hour and a half of this movie. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I why people think it's slow is why I really like it. And what I find really actually erotic about it is like the anticipation of all of this happening uh, was was almost insatiable for me. <laughs> is that the correct use of that word? I don't know. But uh, to watch this unfold and to watch this dance of these two actors, like, is this something that we do? Are we reading the signs correctly? Uh, mm-hmm. To me, it was so fascinating to watch, um, but I... And can see how, why people would be sitting there being like, okay, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? But, you know, as someone who identifies very uh, much with these characters, like, well, to me, it's like what I've witnessed for straight movies all this line, this will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so to see this will they, won't they of gay characters is so, was so great for me to see. And then the last 20 minutes of this movie, I think, are spectacular starting with the um their trip to I th- rome or some i don't know they go off on a train somewhere and it's beautiful and, they, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they come back and there's a great scene between michael stuart and timothy chalamet and then the final shot is just mm-hmm. incredible Look, nobody was getting up during during that ending which says a lot um I, I heard from some people that like that last scene when they were watching it, people just started getting up and leaving instead of yeah. sitting there to watch the end credits. It's like you idiots don't you just spent two and a half hours with these characters and now you're just going to leave when this character is like, and he's giving you the whole fucking movie and that's yeah, like shot. reflecting, <laughs> reflecting on what happened. Ugh, I don't know. Um, I, I also should mention that um, the music by Sufjan Stevens is, um, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Good. Um, uh, the, the the one thing about this movie, I think a lot of people are having a problem with, uh, is the, peach. the age. Yeah, the oh, peach, the peaches and peach. apricots. Um, no, it's the it's the, the, the pie. It's, yeah, it's the age difference. Um, and there's no doubt that you know in Italy it's probably 16, not 18, like it is here. Uh, and that Timothy Chalamet's character is extremely mature for his age. And intelligent, so that that's where it doesn't bother me because it's like eh, he's old enough to know, um, and it's not like uh, Army Hammer's character or Oliver is it is taking advantage of this kid at all, it, so that's where it's like okay. But I, a lot of people are having problem with the age, and it's a little, it's problematic. But I think at the same time, it challenges you to think about think about it some more. Think about the age difference a little more. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's okay if you if you if you're considering it. You know, if you're thinking about, is this weird? You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that's. I don't think the film's trying to make a judgment. Um, I don't think it would be the same film if they were the same age. Um, I think it's part of it. I think it's just part of the, uh, the affection that that they see for each other, and I don't. Again, I don't think it's making a judgment. I think it's telling a story, and if you feel weird about it, I think that's valid, and I think it should be talked about. And I think it's, you know, that's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think like, like I like I agree. I, I don't know. I agree with I agree with you, Mitch, about 
you know, maturity and, you know, not taking advantage. And again, it's hard to really say because one is a full fledged adult and one's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, Army you know, Hammer, I, I don't know. I, I think I don't know. It's Army Hammer is supposed it's, to play a grad student. He's 24, but he looks yeah. like he's in his 30s. Yeah, right. And you're right about that dancing. The last time we recorded, you were talking about it. His dancing is very good to uh, love, my, love My Way by Psychedelic Furs. Very, very good. I love when, he, it, when it comes on and he's like, oh, yeah. And he just starts. <laughs> oh, I love this song. Yeah. And then they hear it again and he goes running to like the arch of the Catholic church yeah. to, hear, to hear it. He's like, yeah, yeah, over here. And then Timothy Chalamet just vomits. That was great. To touch on the age thing, I think the movie does go like to painstaking efforts to like do some form of like consent to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I never, I never got the feeling that that when I was watching that that it would be a problem. Of course, afterwards I was like, oh, that could. It's an interesting way to think it. But I I mean, I think the movie or in, in the screenplay is challenging you to yeah is is this right mm-hmm. or this wrong i think it's very like i mean i'm yeah. glad there's like opinions on both sides whether it's right or wrong and i think whatever but i but it, again with that um him dancing at the end like when they're walking the streets alone in rome at night i and they're sitting i'm like okay here comes a gay bashing and it doesn't happen and it's so refreshing right mm-hmm. <laughs> instead yeah. there's dancing as there yeah. should be yeah i felt bad for timothy chalamet's girlfriend She's very attractive <laughs> and nice, and that's too bad. Yeah. Maybe she'll find out someday. She'll be she'll be okay. She'll she'll she'll, do she'll fine. be fine. She'll do. She'll be she's fine. attractive. She'll be fine. <laughs> um, all right, my number three is The Shape of Water. Um, pretty much already addressed everything about it. I I loved all the performances. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was beautiful, heart wrenching, um, and just swept me away. And it's. Uh, cinematic glory. And that's all I got to say right now. Yeah. Yep. Good N- movie. Number three, Kale? My, my number three is Dunkirk. Um, I've been a very big critic of Christopher Nolan in his last few movies. Um, I think he's v- almost always focused on the gimmick or the, uh, the trick of the movie rather than the characters and, I think there may be some of that in this movie, but it's a it's a phenomenal feat of filmmaking, and I think it does uh, play with your sense of time and space way better than Interstellar did. Mm-hmm. And I think the music, Ironic. similarly, I've been critical of Hans Zimmer. The music was amazing in this movie. I was just very surprised for people that I used to really really love, and and I think this is kind of back to true form for for both of them. And. Uh, um, I'm a sucker for uh, World War II dogfighting movies, mm-hmm. which we don't really oh, yeah. get much of anymore. So, um, love it. Mm-hmm. Love this movie. I think it's it's amazing in every part of uh, filmmaking. I mean, there's not much writing there, but um, still quite a feat. I mean, it's just an unbelievable. I haven't had an experience in a movie theater like that in a long time. I mean, I felt like I was sweating because of mm-hmm. how intense it was. Kind of got some horror movie aspects to it mm-hmm. that uh, it did really well. So Dunkirk, number three. Nice. Colin, what's your number two movie? My number two movie is Lady Bird. 
uh, the Greta Gerwig-directed coming-of-age tale. Um, talked about a little bit. Um, Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf give great performances. Also, Tracy Letts as a dad. It's really great, too. Also, Timothy Chalamet's in it, and it's great, too. And He's so, funny in it. I yeah. like his character. So is Lucas Hedges. He's in it, too. And mm-hmm. It's a really great cast, uh, and it's... Um, incredibly feels incredibly personal in a way that you don't get too much with uh these types of movies these coming of age movies especially about about women um don't get the personal touches that Gerwig gives her characters um really very nice it's a great um study of a relationship between a, a girl and and her mother and how they can hate each other one minute and quite literally the next minute <laughs> be best friends uh really really fascinating um also a great love letter to um where you're from and where you're going and the movie kind of bookends with with something of that nature which i think did did a really really great job doing that um and it's really funny there's some really funny laugh out moments and i also think there's some really funny moments moments that are had with how the film was edited mm-hmm. um and i mean it's not very showy editing but <laughs> they're what they do to kind of edit these quick jumps punchline uh, yeah you know, to, <laughs> i especially think of when she's at a party and like one minute she's throwing up and then the next like cut she's like being curled into an ambulance yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just laughing my ass off at, the, yeah. at that part um Lady Bird, uh, number two. Really, really, really strong movie um, from first-time director, Greta Gerwig. Um, very mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. So my number two is a movie that you can watch, and it will be my recommend later, um, A Ghost Story with uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Uh, and that's it. I... <laughs> 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 um, really love this movie i i I know it it seems silly it's about a guy in a or it's about a ghost and it's very like the ghost is wearing a white sheet with little eye holes and it's it has like spooky moments like the music is played to like like a horror uh thriller but it's also funny and um asks and posits a lot of questions about death and what is your purpose after death and what could happen to you after death? Um, which I, I loved and they do some interesting things with time. Um, do some interesting things with like other ghosts, uh, and why they haunt certain areas. And I just, I liked it. I I really liked it. There, there's, there's parts where, you know, other people go through this house, this house that he's haunting, and he doesn't like it, and he's he's mad, so he starts throwing dishes and stuff. And that's like the poltergeist moment, and the family's freaking out. And, like, anytime something, the, a person says something or does something that makes him mad or makes him feel, lights flicker. So it's like, oh, that's why the lights flicker in your house. So, I don't know. I, I loved it. I really did. Um, I think it's very underrated right now and i think a lot of people once you get past a certain scene 
a, a very, very long, drawn-out scene of a of a person eating a pie. One of my favorite, my, maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, I think the direction went, so Rooney, you're going to eat this pie until you want to throw up. And that's the and scene. And then you're going to go throw up. And then you're going to go throw up. And, the, and then this ghost is going to watch you the whole time. And from what I understand, uh, Casey Affleck actually was under the sheet the entire time. So you got to give him props for doing that. Just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and you're, you're absolutely right. It's it's it is a really good movie in my in my top twenty for sure. I mean, what this movie is trying to tell you and get across is so hard, like <laughs> to put in on in visuals what mm-hmm. the concept of this movie is about death and what your mark is going to be after you've passed yeah like that how the fuck do you yeah the reason you, you tra- haunt yeah, yeah how do you translate that <laughs> I, <laughs> quite literally and it's so <laughs> it's so simple really and and i i was like watching i'm like mad that i didn't think of this yeah right <laughs> yeah um, so that's available on amazon prime video um so if you have that i highly recommend watching it um it's only an hour and a half it feels a little longer just because of how it's paced but i think you'll walk away from it being really glad you watched it. Kale, do you have a number two? My number two is Get Out. Um, I think the movie is amazing. I think this, I was just reading the script the other day, and I thought it, it's an incredible script. Um, I think it had me surprised in ways I didn't think I would be, and I think that, I, you know, I know this is going to sound stupid because it's up for a bunch of Oscars, but just in my conversations with my co-workers and friends and acquaintances over the past year it seems like a movie that when it came out everyone was like oh my god this is amazing and then now the cool thing is to be like yeah but it wasn't that good um that hasn't worn off for me at all i think uh there's still a couple moments in that movie that resonate with me and uh that i thought were um extremely well done one of those has to do with a set of keys and uh i think if that movie won a bunch of things it would deserve every part of it um so get out is my number two do we think it's going to take anything in the oscars i don't know no no maybe original screenplay i don't know i mean it's def to me it's definitely between get out and ladybird yeah they're both so good mm-hmm. and it's gonna be hit a great win for whoever wins that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Number um, one, number one, number one. Number ones. Colin, what is the your most top favorite of 2017? Number one. Maybe this is a surprising pick for me. Maybe not, but uh, I've... The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, had an experience like this in the Boss theater. Baby. <laughs> the theater. <laughs> For a very, very long time. Uh, my number one movie of the year is Dunkirk. Uh, Hell yeah. It is... I, I I wouldn't even think that this would be my number one, but I can't remember feeling like I felt watching a movie and when I got out of a movie. So it, it's great. I mean, we did a full episode about this, uh, about, why I like, about why I like this movie. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't left me. I'm came out in the summer and I think about it all the time what it does 
with time and really what it does with how it uses as much practical effects in when you read about how they shot on the actual location they tried to use period planes and everything it is such an achievement from christopher nolan and it's a style of filmmaking that isn't done anymore and mix that with an incredible pace and score by Hans Zimmer in sound design by whoever designed the sound. It is a full throttle edge of your seat, shit your pants sweat. That is great. And I rewatched it with uh, my, my mom, my dad and my brother. And I, I thought I, I have it on Blu-ray. I brought it over to their place. I'm like, there's no way that it's going to have the same effect on me as I did when I watched in the theater. But none of us said a fucking word during this movie. <laughs> it is yeah. it is a really great movie. Um, maybe doesn't encapsulate the year of 2017 as climate and politically as some might not want. But I think it is the best made movie of 2017 by far. Hmm. Uh, it was my number 20 not gonna rain on your parade <laughs> just saying that i i liked it uh so my 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 number one um we haven't really you tried a little harder chris Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> no i i totally recognize that he did a great job i just didn't i i don't know something it didn't grab me like others uh it didn't grab me as much as blade runner 2049 um this film i was like 100 percent in for the next three hour experience, like f- right, right from the, the start, uh, Denis Villeneuve v- had a vision. He knew what he wanted to do and just executed perfectly, uh, with amazing scenes. Um, just amazing scenes that I, I it's hard to describe, but a ton of scenes about like what it means to be a human, uh, having a soul, um, and trying to find a, a a purpose for yourself, and Ryan Gosling is really good in this. He doesn't say much, but he's very good. Um, yeah, I, I I don't really have much to say other than I saw it twice in theaters and picked up new stuff each time I saw it and. The cinematography, the sound design, the music, just perfect, perfect. Set the set the tone, set the the um, the world perfectly. I loved it. Uh, I really, I do really want to see it. I don't think we did. We do a, an episode? No, we didn't. On it? No. It's in it's in my top twenty. I really really enjoyed it, but uh, and it is the tone of in look and just overall feel of this movie is so high that's why it was nominated for a ton of awards mm. uh just missed out on the best director uh nomination for me um mostly because and i was going between between him and someone else my my only problem with uh blade runner 24 one it is really fucking long two the and the last like 20 minutes is really rough for me Especially the climax scene in the car in the it it was it just felt really sloppy to me and really dark and wet and 
And <laughs> that, that was, that's honest, honestly, that what happens in, in that scene really sounds like everything you'd like. <laughs> Tell me about sloppy, it. Dark sloppy, dark, wet. wet. Yeah. Um, the, the, honestly, that, that really, I was like, what, what the fuck is going on here? But everything else about that movie is, is super strong. Every shot in this movie is beautiful, I think. Especially when they get to Las Vegas. It, yeah, the Las Vegas incredible. sequence, the sequences at um, the Wallace headquarters, Wallace Corp. Mm-hmm. Was it, that was the name of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, it's my number one. Kale, what is your number one? Um, it's Logan. Thought so. I watched, I haven't seen a lot of movies. But I did watch Logan again a few weeks ago, and uh, maybe was I maybe more emotive about it the second time. Um, you know, I just want to say I think that in a year that was weird all around, I think for everyone, um, you've got these two movies, Logan and then The Last Jedi, that are essentially about heroes that disappoint us. Uh, or that are, are or, or you know, or that characters, young characters for the next generation, find out that their heroes are not really as um, perfect as they thought they were, and I think it's a interesting theme for the last year, um, and I think it's going to resonate with us for a long time, and uh, Logan definitely does that. A year later, it's you know, Logan and Get Out are some of the older, or the first movies of last year, and. Uh, they're still my favorite. They're still my favorite. And I think they are also very 2017 movies. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'll, that's what I'll remember about last year. Did you, uh, do you have the DVD Blu-ray? Um, it's on HBO. Oh, um, I, I recently bought the Blu-ray DVD and like you said, it came out a long time ago. So I, I rewatched it and then I watched it. On the noir version. in black and white, which yeah. is really cool. But then I also watched it in black and white with director commentary, and the director commentary is really good by James Mangold. Um, and I watched that, and I bumped it up significantly higher on my list. Okay. It came out so long ago that I forgot what yeah. I liked about that movie. That when I we watched it, it went up to what did I say like number twelve, I think. So yeah, oh, nice, cool. Those are top ten. Also, the score by Marco Beltrami is really, really good mm-hmm. for yeah, Logan. That's nice. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, I guess we, we don't really... Do we have to talk about Shape of Water? Maybe, maybe we should wrap it up. I don't think so. Yeah, I think we should wrap it up. We're at... We're pretty late. We're at we're hour 45 or so. Yeah, so been, and we, we talked about Shape of Water a lot. Um, I think it's going to do well at the Oscars, and I think we'll talk about it more when it comes time to it, but... We all I just had it. so many fish jokes that I wanted to say. <laughs> well, if you let go, <laughs> um, I want to know: um, Is there any? Um, oh yeah, any movie honorable mention movies right. that, that we that neither of us mentioned or? Okay, so give Colin, give me your honorable mentions, and then give me a most overrated and a most underrated, if you can. Oh, and are we also going to do worst? Oh yeah, I guess we could do worse too. Oh, I think we should do worse. Okay, let's do it. I mean, I mentioned a lot of my uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I mean, Last Jedi, Logan, Big Sick, Itania, um, a few ones that we didn't mention that are in my top twenty 
uh, Good Time with Robert Pattinson, directed by the Softy Brothers, and uh, Molly's Game, also in my top 20. Uh, just okay. missing, just missing outside of the top twenty is Okja and War of the Planet right. of the Apes. Oh right, right, right. I got that. Yeah, um, my honorable mentions: uh, The Big Sick, The Disaster Artist, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, those all stood out to me as like solid, just solid films. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two again very problematic or not problematic but divisive and i really liked it i thought it was better than the first one so whatever whatever any honorable mentions scale if you have any no and yeah, um, i think he said all the movies that he i saw. think i said all the movies i saw <laughs> <laughs> uh this is gonna open a whole bag of worms but um i know it's not movies but uh stranger things season two really <laughs> really resonated with me a lot all right I really felt the last two episodes were pretty incredible. I think the last and, scene uh, is incredible. The what? The last scene. But yeah, the last scene's great. That's my favorite part about the whole season. Yeah. So I loved I liked I really liked the second season. So uh, I I feel like that was also divisive, but I also liked that better than the first one. So I don't know, I haven't watched it yet. Um, my hot take. Colin, what's your most overrated and underrated? Overrated of the years, 100% three billboards outside of Missouri. Uh, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. We beat it to death um, and then put up three billboards about it. But uh, <laughs> too soon. Oh, no. Too soon. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I still don't understand all the critical praise it's getting. So three billboards, definitely my most overrated, my most underrated movie of the year. Um I mean, I want to say it's Logan, even though underrated. It, yeah, even though it got really good reviews and did get a um, screenplay <clears throat> nomination, I I do feel like a lot of people forgot about it. So I guess Logan would be my most underrated movie of the year. Same on both accounts. Yeah, Mitch. Um. Overrated, I gotta go with the post. Um, yeah, underrated. I'm gonna have to go with Logan Lucky. I think that was very, um, yeah, very underrated. Yeah, I very I heard, funny. I heard, yeah, I, I've heard really, really, really good things about that movie. Yeah, me too. And I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I did watch some of Ocean's Eleven. Which is on Netflix. Yeah, they just put it on Netflix, I think. Which is maybe one of the most underrated movies of all time. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I, 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 really, I really like Ocean's Eleven. I just think, I don't know if it's underrated. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good movie. Worst, worst movies of the year? I Like I said, The Post, I thought, I think The Post is one of the worst I, I think it's so dumb. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, I actually, sorry, can I interrupt? Yeah. I, I feel like I didn't really say anything, but I, my most overrated movie of the year is Wonder Woman. I, I don't 
I, I, the more I think about that movie and the more I've forgotten about that movie, I can't believe the praise that that movie got. Um, yeah, that's my hot take and I'm, my I'm most with, under, overrated that. movie. Yeah. yeah, that's a good pick too. I don't, I will never understand it. Hmm. It was pretty much okay in my mind. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Gal is amazing. I hope she makes five other Wonder Woman movies, but I hope they're better than this one. I'm with you there. Yeah, it had a great scene, you know. Yeah, it had a great scene. Um, I should preface my worst movie by being by saying I didn't see a lot of movies this year, and I didn't see a lot of like the critically bad rated movies because I'm not going to pay money to go see a bad movie. Um, so like things that I know are bad are not in my list anywhere just because I haven't seen them. But what did I see? I saw forty. 43 releases um, this year. Um, my worst that I saw, maybe not technically the worst, but the worst in my opinion was Kong Skull Island. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, uh, there were some great I, images in that. Like true. it looked good yeah. and everything, but it was so dumb. Yeah. Didn't know what it wanted to be. Um, I want to say that I started watching Bright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Once I heard fairy lives matter or don't matter, I don't remember what the line was, but I, I, I said, okay, I'm, this is enough. Ew, I didn't even know about that. Ew. <sighs> Anyways. Recommendations? Um, yeah. Uh, a ghost story. I just, uh, on Netflix, I just watched all last week, um, the animated show Big Mouth. <laughs> oh, I love Big Mouth. <laughs> I really did. I don't know why we didn't finish it, but I, we watched like three or four episodes and I thought it was, um, it was awesome. It's really, extremely, really funny. <laughs> really raunchy and like also endearing. Yeah. It's exactly my type of humor. I, I, I really liked it. <laughs> Me too. Um, I don't know, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what I've watched. I did finish The Good Place Season 1, and I started The Good Place Season 2. So uh, I'm watching that, and uh, I do like it, so I do recommend it. I mean, when in doubt, Kill, you can always recommend The O.C. Yeah, or Dawson's Creek, which I'm still watching on a nightly basis. Um and all, and all, you know, my my superlative aside, I, I did we did we did stumble across that Ocean's Eleven was on Netflix, and we started watching it, and we like couldn't put it down, um, because that movie is pretty incredible. So if you have not seen Ocean's Eleven somehow, go check it out on Netflix. I mean, besides like how Soderbergh managed to like put that huge of cast um, together in like it not be ridiculous that they're all together just the way that he what he does with the look of the movie is so so cool yeah i've probably said this on the podcast before but that was i mean because we were 11 when that movie came out so that's part of it but you know where you're kind of forming an adult mind i guess you know not really but you know what i mean but that was one of the first movies that i like consciously realized that it was trying to do something mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, it was it had a look to it, and I noticed. Um, so, Ocean's Eleven will always have a uh, 
spot in my heart. And it's on demand right now, and you can watch it. Nice. So I guess that's my recommendation. I think the woman, uh, the all gender switched one, is going to be. And a that's good one? coming out soon. So yeah, we got a trailer for that too. Didn't we? We did, which was okay. Yeah. I thought, but the poster is amazing. Yeah. And the and whoever wrote that tagline. What is it? That that I can't remember. <laughs> deserves a raise. <laughs> Oceans 8 Hold on <laughs> Stay with me here Every con Has its pros uh. <laughs> <laughs> You guys suck Okay. You guys suck That's, that's gold They're giving you gold Yeah, yeah. Alright all right. Well, that's it. That's our top ten. Um, oh, I'm gonna. We're gonna continue to talk about some movies. We got a month. We got basically a month until the Oscars, right? Uh, yeah, a little yeah. less. Yeah. A little. We got three, oh, one, three weeks. Two. We got two weekends <laughs> before the Oscars. Um, so we'll talk about more movies, and we will uh, do our Oscars show. But more importantly, before that, we will do our award show. So a uh, weekend of uh, March third. Look out for that one awards yeah we'll get it um, oh i uh i just a bit of news i'm closing on friday on this house that i um oh. am investing in and yeah and uh, we'll be i'll be setting up a little studio with a table and permanent mic and mixer setup so it'll be a lot easier to jump on and get things going so uh, i'm so happy i don't have to clean my house when you come over man <laughs> We'll you guys do that. I'll continue to record from the toilet. <laughs> um, if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for us, uh, hit us up at uh, woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Kale Davidoff. All right. Like the, the name. And, and the, the Bugsbury brand. I've heard it. <laughs> and I'm at Mitch Haba. Just one, one thing. M-I-T-Z-H-A-J-B-A. I don't tweet. <laughs> yes, he doesn't. But no, he doesn't. You can follow me on Instagram, Colin W07. It's, it's a good follow you, there, guys. It's a good follow. Follow Colin. If you want to see coffee and... Uh, I'll see coffee. Coffee concerts and women. If <laughs> 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 you're going to say another word for women, that might be an alliteration. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> <all right. laughs> Uh, <laughs> for the Woolworths Filmcast and for Mitch and Colin I'm Kale we'll see you next time hopefully I'm not doing it in the bathroom yeah <laughs> we could have kept that all quiet now now that now oh, the no. listeners no, are everyone, like oh boy everyone's gotta know alright cool it, it, you're like hunkered down like you don't want anybody to hear Pod- it's the future podcasts are illegal <laughs> um, alright cool they're in the walls. <laughs> Russians. Uh, All right. All right, cool. Well, well, we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.